Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? Hold on. It's just so funny. I want to hear it's like, oh, your green screen. You don't have the video card supported for that. Really? Because I've always had one up. But anyhow, <laughs> what's going on, Gordon? This wouldn't be the What's Your Head podcast, the consistently inconsistent podcast if shit worked the first time we tried it. How are you doing, fellow? Doing good. Looks like we've got two viewers, which are probably ourselves on Facebook. Nope. I haven't logged on to Facebook yet. So uh, one of them's not me. But uh, thanks for calling out the lack of viewers on the show. Hey, man. Sometimes we have to be self-aware because that may actually work. Okay. Speaking of self-aware, uh, how is everything going on in your world? Oh, it's good. Windy as F this last weekend through today. I think we're averaging 20 to 30 mile an hour winds with gusts of 60 plus. Now, are those the same winds that if you lived on the other side of the mountain in the state of California, you would refer to as the Santa Ana winds? Yeah, same style, but not the same. Is it not the same winds themselves? You're just on the backside. That's hot, dry desert air going to the east or west from the east. Yeah, so we're just on the backside. But it's that time of the year to the point where the doggo was like, "Man, I don't even want to walk in this." I took him out Saturday. We we're halfway around, and he wanted me to pick him up. I said, "Dude, it's windier up here than it is down there." Yeah, don't oh, dog adventures. Okay. So Bailey has an obsession with the cat. Well, because she doesn't have a playmate. The beagle passed away, as you guys know, shortly after we got her. Then her best friend was Loki, the 20-year-old Bengal cat. He passed away last year. And then he kind of nuzzled up to Pity, who just passed away a few months ago. So now that leaves little girl, who was the feral cat. That is no longer little. She's fat. And then my daughter's old cat, Duchess, who doesn't like anybody but me. And spends her most, well, she likes Nugget and spends most of her time living in Nugget trip. What's the chances of the cat saying, man, I see what happens when you get close to another pet? <laughs> That's a good possibility. But Bebop likes to play, and she don't have anyone to play with. Now, a little girl will tolerate Bebop, Bailey Boo, um, for a little bit. She'll come up and try to nuzzle up against her and love on her, and then Bailey gets into playing mode because she's a puppy and she chases her, and then little girl gets pissed and chases her back, but Bailey's like, ooh, this is great. I have a chasing friend. And so they chase each other in the house and then she'll get them under the bed and corner them. And the cats start growling and swatting at her. And at some point last week, somebody swatted her and got her good. Got her right on top of the old nugget. Tore a piece of the fur out. Put a little line right across. Looked at it. Cleaned it up a little bit. Went about my day. Uh, Friday, it looked fine. Saturday morning, got up. Went up to Dade City for a, my first reenactment in a while. Got home Sunday and it had a huge black scab on it. I'm like, hmm. So I just put a little bit of hydrogen peroxide on a tissue and dabbed it a little bit. No, no, it's three days into it. Then I'm putting a little, I just put a little bit of neosporin on my finger. Didn't rub it, just dabbed it. And about five minutes later, as soon as that scab loosened up from that neosporin, blood came out. It wasn't green or anything, but it just didn't look right. And I'm like, you know, cat scratch fever, you know, that's famous because cats they dig in their own litter box they get bacteria all over their feet and they can cause infection upon a scratch and so bailey goes off and plays and nugget comes in she's like dad i think bailey's 
head's infected. I said, yeah, I think so too. I'm probably going to have to take her to the vet tomorrow. So I got this morning and it wasn't looking that good. Kind of, it was lumpy and then like little lumps on the lump. Long story short, I had to take her to the vet. Um, got a rash of shit because I don't have her on her heartworm treatment. So that cost me $60 for six months worth of heartworm treatment because apparently heartworm's real bad down here, even though never had Beagle on heartworm treatment, but whatever. So I did that. They took a gander and they um, said, well, we're going to give her a uh, run of um, antibiotics, some strong antibiotics, because they, they said it was definitely swollen up. But she was happy because when she squeezed on it, one, Bailey didn't scream. And two, it didn't feel like there was any pus or hardening below the surface. Meaning when she grabbed the skin, there, there didn't feel like there was a marble or something down in there, you know, a sign of infection or, uh, you know, buildup or anything. But uh, she put her on some uh, antibiotics, gave her some topical cream that's more stronger than um, Neosporin. But I'm hoping it doesn't scar because, I mean, her face is so damn cute. And now she's got this big bald spot right on top of her head by her ear. And I'm hoping... That um, good news is it's on top of her head, so she can't get to it to pull the scabs off. And I'm hoping with this topical cream, at bare minimum, she has a tiny little scar so that uh, the bald spot goes away. Morgan Long says, great shirt, Don. Only thing that would make this shirt greater if this was a Frisch's Big Boy shirt. But they don't sell Frisch's Big Boy shirts. I'd get the Bob's Big Boy shirt. But uh, yeah, I would definitely be happier if it was a Frisch's Big Boy's shirt. Do, do, do. So nothing new going on in your world, fella? Uh, it would be hot dad lawn talk. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of I lawns, to, I haven't done anything with mine in forever. I had to pull down our plum tree, which all plum trees in Vegas are leaning or growing to the east because of our prevailing winds, which were mentioned earlier. We had this thing growing straight up, but it ended up with some borers in it and We've been fighting it for two years, and she needed to come down. Good-looking tree, but had to come down. So I was a little sad with that, but we went out to uh, – Well, real quick rest. before we move off of plant talk. Of um, All right. Whatever. All right. Well, I mean, you can get to it, but before you move off, I want to talk about your plant. Um, obviously, fruit trees are good-looking during bloom, but they are high-maintenance because they bear and drop fruit. And I know you had your house built. So was this plum tree a decision you all made actively or was this something that was there and they just didn't tear it down when they built the house? No, it was actively us. It was actually a non-fruiting plum tree. Oddly enough, it's still fruited a little bit. Um, so we actually had to spray it at the beginning when it started getting flowers and whatnot. You, you spray it with uh, a chemical that basically sterilizes it and it doesn't fruit anymore. But uh yeah, we had this thing growing straight up. It was perfect. It looked great, and this happened. So we decided to go and buy some lawn art this weekend. Lawn darts? Lawn art. Oh, lawn darts art. would be a hell of a lot more so fun. Lawn darts would be definitely more fun, but I don't think you can find darts to anywhere that's not They like make them, but they look more like um, a weeble wobble with a stick growing out of its head. So you throw it, and just like a weeble wobble, they don't fall down, so it'll land, bounce, and then it'll stick with the stick straight up. But it's clearly not as fun as a, a jart. Yep. So we uh, we spent some money and got some stuff. I had, what the problem was is I now had this hole in the middle of my artificial turf where the tree was. Uh huh. So I had to find something to stick over. So I got this big tortoise statue thing, some river rock. Looks nice. Cool. But uh, outside of that, no, it's, it's it's been good. Been windy. It's really been busy with work and doing our normal around the house crap, which seems to take all weekend. And uh, then we move back on. Um, have noticed in the park that we're walking, there's now, we're up to two homeless kids sleeping there. Hmm. 
Although I think something happened because the last the other day I was walking Ollie and uh, I noticed where one of the kids would sleep with his smartphone plugged into the outlet of the county building. Uh, it looked to be a little bit of blood stains going on, and I didn't see neither of the two guys. So I'm wondering if there was a little turf war or, or what. But uh, it is a it, you know it is interesting. I'll see some weird stains on the sidewalk when I get there at four in the morning. Thinking, oh, what, what's going on here? That don't look. That's a lot of ketchup, <laughs> you know. But uh, haven't seen anything on the news. But you know that's that's kind of it, man. Do 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 do. Hold on. I hear you had a uh, a good weekend. Yeah, but your whole homeless thing triggered something in my head, and I'm just Googling it right now. Oh, no, that's March 9th, 2015. Okay. Although, uh, I tell you what, speaking of homeless, Nevada is ranked number nine for homelessness in the country right now. Uh, believe it or not, the top four. Wait, what, which, which state do you find or district do you find is number one for homeless? I used to be Washington, D.C. back in the day, but now I think clearly L.A. has taken the cake. No, L, uh, District of Columbia has 898.8 homeless per 100,000 people. New York is coming in at number two at 466.4 per 100,000 people, followed by Hawaii at 453.5, then California at 406.5. Then the list rounds out uh, Oregon, Washington, Alaska, Massachusetts, Nevada, and Vermont for the top 10. And uh, Florida's actually further down there at 127.2, which is surprising to me. Mm-hmm. But maybe you guys got some stuff going on to help keep these guys uh, in in a little better condition. Well, every, every time I visited Florida from Montana, it seemed like there was homeless everywhere. Um, they, they picked up a little bit during COVID, but I'll be honest, compared to the other states, because we do enforce – code compliance and loitering laws and this and that. Um, they do maintain a minimalist kind of homeless environment compared to the other states. But I think the biggest factors are weather. I mean, if you're going to live outdoors, um, you want to, <laughs> you want to live outdoors, your cat's attacking you. Do you want to live outdoors in a state where in the summertime it rains five hours a day, every single day, the lightning capital of the world, we're going to live under a tree the rest of the time. It's hotter and shit. Are you oh, gonna, yeah, you probably can't sit anywhere without getting eaten up by fire ants. Either. Or are you going to slowly make your way across south, the southern states to California where they welcome right. you with open arms? And I was going to say this a little later, but now it, we, we naturally kind of fell into this. So last week I was listening to the Joe Rogan experience, and he had <clears throat> Colin Noir on there. Is that his real his, his, well, it's his gnome de plume? It's Colleon. Yeah, Colleon Noir. He's the African-American. He used to work for... Um, the NRA network doing documentaries and now he's just a big YouTuber and fun fact lawyer as well as a two a spokesperson uh, that you'll see on Fox news a lot. Fun fact. He is so African America. His mom is actually from Africa. Well, there you go. So, you know, but he was on Joe Rogan experience last week and they're talking about everything. The grandmother and they kind of just like we just did naturally got on the topic of homeless people. And Colin was explaining to Joe Rogan that, well, there's people out there who believe that the open homeless policy is nothing more than a scam for the people in charge to pocket a bunch of money that's allocated to save homelessness. And it's not a stretch. It was a 20 minute conversation. So I just picked a, the, basically the apex once the light bulb went out on Joe Rogan's head. He's like, Holy shit, you've changed my whole outlook on this homeless thing. And so I hear this two days prior to a conversation that came up on the Adam Crawler podcast. But here's a little quick snippet from the Joe Rogan experience, and hopefully it's not too loud. There's a whole economy around homelessness where people are getting fucking rich. 
In what way? So I did, I was doing a, a series of interviews in San Francisco and what ends up happening is you get all of this money designated for helping homeless people, helping people on the streets, so forth and so on. But then none of that money finds its way to the people. Where is the money going? That's a good question. So that's that's. Do you what know I mean the by... the situation in New York City with the the missing money for mental health? No. Where is eight hundred and fifty yeah. million dollars gone? Dang. <laughs> Bill De Blasio's wife can't account for a staggering amount of taxpayer money that the New York mayor gave her for a mental health project. That's a that's a spectacular. Wow. I'm going to replay that number. Oh. Where is eight hundred and fifty yeah. million dollars? So Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, his wife is apparently either sits on the board or is in charge of a board for a council to raise mental health awareness and to try to stem the problem. Because rightfully so, there is a belief that a lot of homeless people have mental illness, and I believe it too, mental illness and drug problems are the leading factors. Once again, she was given... Where is $850 million gone? Pilt de Blasio's wife can't account for a staggering amount of taxpayer money. She can't tell the auditors where $850 million have gone. I fucking lost it, evidently. I must have had a check and it must have fallen out of my pocket. And so they, they spent a good 20 minutes. I, I highly recommend you go. And there's a lot of good content on that one. They spend a lot of time on him presenting his evidence on the fraud that is homeless. And so as long as you have a large homeless population, you get state funding, sometimes federal funding, as well as city funding to tackle the problem, if you will. And and there's never any accounting for the money. No one no one ever audits them except for in the case of Bill de Blasio's wife, apparently. And so this just tr- – like I think L.A. was like $3 trillion. Not million. It was like a, no. It was like billion or trillion. It was like an absurd amount of money this year. How much? L A. Still a whole lot of f and zeros behind. And it. so in L A. As we know, the homeless are running rampant. They're like a migrating herd of bison during the Native American times. I mean, they're just all over the place, and they are on the move. Um, and so apparently, on the board of homeless annihilation, if you will. Of course, in L A. They would never use that term, but on the board of homeless you know, helping hands, helping hands. They got a board of people who've been on this board for a while. And the people who approve the board members have never denied a person. Basically, if you get suggested by a fellow board member to sit on this board, it's basically an, a non-issue. It's, it's a pass-through. It's a pass-through. Yeah. We all vote. No one has ever been denied a chance to sit on this board. And believe it or not, they do have one board member who is a Republican and she reached out to one Dr. Drew Pensky. Now, a lot of you know Dr. Drew from all the MTV shows and Love Line and all his my strange, you know, his addictions and all that stuff. But believe it or not, the guy is and has been for over 30 years an active working um, ER physician as well as he's worked in the mental um, mental field. Yeah, psychology, psychology, drug uh, addiction, drug addiction, and he's actually an internist, which is. Uh internal medicine and he's had 30 years of experience in all these departments as well as working with the homeless and all the addictive people the addicted addictions who end up becoming homeless and so she said hey dr drew we kind of need a medical expert somebody with your field of expertise your history and i'm sure your title wouldn't hurt too much well and the fact that he's actually got um he's got a he's got a megaphone right all over the place so this this doesn't hurt the cause either and mind you this job does not it's voluntary. So it's not like this is something he's wanting to do to, to put more money in his bank wait, account. Wait, wait, wait. You mean they're actually asking a doctor, a yes. medical doctor, do, to volunteer time? Yes, and everybody who's Especially sitting... 
a guy who is on media everywhere who has probably not two hours a night to sleep. Yeah, so he was he, he didn't want to do it at first, but he kind of got talked into it. And he said, fine. And word hit the street. LA Times found out. Now, what a lot of you may not know is the governor of California is under recall. And there's a handful of people who are kind of getting their hats nudged into the ring. And Dr. Drew is one of them. He's actually considering running for governor. And the LA Times, well, they're bedfellows with Gavin Newsom. Of course. This is all, uh, this recalls all the, the workings of QAnon and conspiracists, right? Yes. And so yeah. the LA right. Times went ahead and fired up the, you know, the destruction machine. And they wrote this whole big article about how some TV doctor and radio doctor is going to sit on this board, this very important board. This is outrageous. How dare they bring in somebody who's not qualified? So it sounds like they're talking about a Dr. Phil at this point. Yes, and mind you, no one on this board is qualified. Um, and as he'll say in this clip, there's one person on there whose child has a mental illness, and she takes that aspect very seriously. But I don't play the whole clip. But once again, the whole point is, for the first time in history, he was denied the right to sit on this board. And the question is why? And when I'm listening to this, I'm like, well, if you guys listen to Joe Rogan podcast two days ago, you know the answer why. They don't want to solve the problem because if you solve the problem, these people who are sitting on this board for free who get allocated all this government money that has no accounting, well, they won't be rich anymore. But here is just a little snippet of that interaction just like two short days later after listening to the Joe Rogan experience talking about the same thing about government oversight, misspending, uh, basically theft when it comes to the money that's allocated for homeless spending. Too important not to weigh in. Mm. Appointing a celebrity who is unqualified and misinformed to a position that makes critical decisions on homelessness policy and program design is both dangerous and alarming, the those question, leaders wrote. The obvious question is... Who else is on this commission or panel or what committee, whatever? Like, the are only they person eminently I... qualified? No, it's just <laughs> assistants of people who've been in public. It's just it's. Remember Newsom's committee for homelessness. Mm-hmm. Remember all those people he put on there. Again, not one clinical person, not one. Qualified? One of the ten people has a son with mental illness, and she's the only one advocating for something to do with the mental illness issue. Well, also, I like I like when they talk about how dangerous it would be to put you on that board as if people r- sleeping in the L.A. River and, uh, you know, jousting with tent poles right now <laughs> in their underpants is in a dangerous yeah. situation. Because what it comes down to is basically they were citing all these things Dr. Drew has said in the past about homelessness, the health issue. Gordon, you listen to Kroll as much as I do. Remember, like, well, I don't know, a year and a half ago, before COVID? <laughs> When Dr. Drew was saying, hey, if L.A. don't get this homeless population situation, uh, we're going to get typhoid and we're going to see a pandemic spread through that part of L.A. Yeah, the plague, actually, the bubonic plague because of all the rats. Yep. And so it's just it's just crazy to one day you're hearing two podcast guys talking about all the money that people steal and misuse. And then two days later, why are they not want you on the board? Why don't they want solutions to this problem? Because they do not want solutions to that problem. Absolutely not. No way. No well, how. If, if it gets solved, it's not only a money grab, but if it gets solved, then they don't, then they have to find something else to uh, champion. You know what it reminds me of? The people who make their living off of um, fighting racism. <laughs> Well, I was going to back up with the whole money money thing. It makes sense because if you look at these companies like UNICEF, United Way, et cetera, et cetera, all the donations that go in, like less than 10% 
make it to the very end. Every, everybody's getting paid. Obviously, there's some overhead that, that has to take place and be covered, but there are people who are actually on payrolls. This is going to sound very gross, but um, it kind of bothers me now just because it's 2021. There is a commercial, and they used to show it at Christmas time only, and it was very for a very good reason, and it made sense back in the 80s and 90s because it was only 40 short years or 38 short years since the end of World War II. And that was they were raising money for the, the Jews in Russia. Help send them food, this and that, and everything else. I'm seeing it now in 2021, and it's the exact same commercial. Why is it the exact same commercial? Because most of those people are dead. And so, oh, but they haven't changed. They haven't changed the wording at all. They're still raising money for the forgotten Jews in Russia from who survived the Holocaust, and they're using the same exact. They haven't shot a new commercial. They're not showing the. But they're showing exact same commercial. It's like how many of them are really left over there? One, if they're that poor and that starving which is horrible in itself i mean it's a great thing you guys took uh, we're taking care of them back then if you truly were but my question is a why wouldn't you go there and shoot an updated commercial so we can see them and two how many of them are, are there well and this goes back to what I, I have said before and morgan long i'm absolutely with you more money in the treatment than the cure if mm-hmm. i am all for the federal government and even state governments attacking mental health like they did covid mm-hmm. and i think the homelessness would go down I think the mass shootings would go down and, and a lot of the other disturbing, disturbing issues. And, and speaking of disturbing issues, I know we're on some hot topics today. Uh, something I had wondered ever since I saw that, that police shooting in uh, Columbus on the side of town uh, when he, he legitimately shot a girl who was swinging a knife on somebody is everybody slept on the fact that it was either her father or an adult punting that guy's head as they're walking by. And I, and before I heard girl's other, head, conservatives say it which you know loose i mean i think adam carolla mentioned it today the hodge twins talked about it ad nauseum i was wondering the same thing like you got an adult kicking a a teenager's head Mm -hmm. that could kill her nobody's talking about that and the fact that they're like why didn't they de-escalate you can't even de-escalate what's going on there's a guy over here kicking a teenager in the head it'll probably kill her you got another girl who just stabbed somebody going after another one and by the way there is other footage from across the street that clearly shows it and i saw one one person state that well you know it's just knife play no it's worse than dude that. are you insane just knife play Oh, I've got all sorts of news, news stories about people dying from knives. I mean, come on. Yeah, and we... Uh, hey, kids, you need to go out in the street and settle it with a couple of knives? Like We got in that shit. conversation at the World War II reading, I mean, where I just put all my phone and I just Googled um, European knife, which we've talked about on here at nauseum, about how the, you know they're basically trying to get people to surrender their knives over there. and But you know what's gross, and you brought it up, and I'm pulling it up on TikTok so I can play the original morons video okay listen to you want to hear a true insanity listen to this guy's take on ohio the stabbing and why the cops should have not intervened i'm gonna you're gonna hear Avengers. okay i'm gonna refresh it so we can start from the beginning listen to this moron okay just so everybody's on the same page florida and ohio have almost identical stand-your-ground laws that allows you to defend your Listen property to this leap. and defend yourself if you feel like your life is being threatened. It is the same law that got George Zimmerman acquitted in his trial of the murder of Trayvon Martin. So, if George Zimmerman 
is able to use the Stand Your Ground law to get acquitted of murder, a 16-year-old child, Micaiah Bryant, should be able to use the Stand Your Ground law to defend her parents' property and her life, which she felt was being threatened. We know she felt threatened because she herself was the ones who called the police officers. So checkmate, conservatives. There's no defending this. Here's my defense to that. Hey. She's the only one with a weapon. Here's my defense to this. Ready? Apparently. Identical stand-your-ground laws that allows you to defend your property. Interestingly enough, I grew up in Ohio, and I've been living in Florida for like 18 years. I'm not sure what you mean by to protect your property. For example, here in Florida, if I'm chilling in my home at 12, 14 a.m. like I'm doing right now, and I see on my camera that some asshole is outside breaking into my truck, and I go outside with a firearm and engage them, and we get into a little scuffle, and I shoot him, I'm going to jail because I left the safety of my home, went outside, put myself in said dangerous way, and shot somebody over property. You cannot use stand your ground to protect property because that's what insurance is for. With that being said, if I'm asleep in my house and some asshole breaks in, puts himself inside my domicile, now he is a threat to me and my persons and my family, and I can use my stand my ground law, but not for property. Nice try, though. So his whole story was the fact that, well, in Florida, George Zimmerman used stand your ground. He wasn't protecting property. He was protecting himself. And obviously these are minute TikToks. And, and, you know, I just based it strictly off of what he said, the fact that he was trying to say Ohio and Florida have the same law. You can protect your property. No, you cannot protect property. You can only protect yourself. Same with Nevada. You can only, only protect yourself. And, of course, the TikTok equivalent to that in Facebook is Facebook. The biggest problem is people don't read the stories. They just read the headlines, right? Right. And, and so, TikTok is kind of short, too. You can only get so much out. Yes, but when you stitch a video, it gives the people the original option to click the guy's name and listen to the original source video that I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. But that's apparently a bridge too far because I have, uh, depends on the state. <laughs> uh, some states, it is your property. Some states, it is your house. I do believe your car falls under castle doctrine. In Texas, we shoot who we want. In my state, it's the same. I'm not talking about everybody's states. He specifically and I bet said wrong too. I bet a lot of them are wrong too. They just assume that they know and they've never really done the research. And not but and I bet you're right too. But the fact that I'm specifically talking about the state of Florida and Ohio, yet these in my, in my state you can't I wasn't talking about your state. He said Florida and Ohio. He's trying to make the leap that because of Florida and Ohio, quote unquote, have similar, if not identical, laws. Well, if they're identical, then no. Because you know what? And you know this because, well, no, you don't. Well, you don't have a concealed carry. You don't have to have one. Or do you? It's weird in your state. Do you have a concealed carry? Uh, no. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can open carry. But we, we can open carry. See, in, yeah, it's in weird. That way, we're still, in that way, we're still a little more free than Florida. See, you can now. tell this, this cat here, this justice warrior, he's never sat through a concealed carry permit class because people who never have, they assume that concealed carry permit class teaches you about how to handle firearms. They do not. That is a firearm training class. A concealed carry permit class, at least in the state of Florida, is two days of talking about the law and not how to get your ass in jail and when you can legally use your firearm and when you can't. And they tell you on day one, we're not going to show you how to field strip your gun. We're not going to show you how to handle your gun. You will have to fire a gun once at the end of this just to prove that you know how. (laughs) But if that's what you're looking for, you need to go register for a gun training class. This is strictly a class that goes over the law 
when you can use it, where you can take it, etc. And so for yeah, I think ours is eight hours. It's the same deal, but then it's not just one shot. We actually have to do, if I remember correctly, five or seven at five or at, at five yards, five or, or three yards, five or seven rounds at seven yards, and five or seven rounds at uh, twelve yards. And you've got to be within that that eight and nine. I'm good with that. I think it's the way it should be in Florida. I think it's a little absurd that I can sit. You can sit in a two-hour class and literally just have to fire. And, and you don't even bring your own gun. They hand you a revolver, you squeeze it, you fire one round. They don't even check to see if you hit the fucking target, and they go, <laughs> they there you go. They want to make sure that you keep that, that, you got that trigger discipline down more than anything, and you yeah. don't look like a nervous Nelly trying to handle it. Mm-hmm. Real quick, as we discussed earlier, I went to Dade City, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this on the What's the Scuttlebutt podcast tomorrow, so I won't beat you guys over the dead horse with it today. My only complaint about this event is we're sleeping in tents 40 yards from a train track. A very active train track that has tra- tracks going both directions, and that's a block and a half from a um, road crossing that does not have any arms. And so not only were they blaring the air horns for like 10 seconds straight, three-quarters of these damn trains sound like they haven't had a drop of lubricant on their axles in 30 years it got to the point where we're all sitting around getting drunk, fantasizing that we had 50-gallon drums of WD-40 and misters that we could set up on the train track a half a mile down the road so that by the time they got to us, they were well lubricated. Well, yeah, it's it's steel on steel, oh. right? The well, the brakes, too. Yeah, and then the brakes. And so you're sleeping in a pup tent. You're laying on the ground. You're tossing and turning, and like once an hour from 9 until you get up and all the next day, you sound like you have 30 banshees scratching 300 chalkboards just flying through your tent it got to the point where i put my earplugs in halfway through which didn't help but some of them were actually literally painful you're just like oh my god my head's going to explode there are some guys who got there thursday from georgia by sunday they were losing their mind i know two or three guys who live 40 minutes away who stayed friday and thursday they went home saturday night and came back in the morning just so they can get more than three hours worth of sleep that's how bad it got. So it was actually kind of the added stress similar to what you would have really yeah. expected. And, right? and, you know, it may tra- not have been trains, but it would have still the added stress with the noise, not being able to sleep, the vibrations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Oh, so absolutely. In reality, it could have been the most realistic base. And, and I and I brought that up. I said, hey, you know, this would have been the key mode of transportation, and we would have slept near a train track if you know during training. But um, I had a thought tonight. Oh, boy. The pendulum is swinging on technology and how we use the internet it is i think it is because let's all admit um 2020 killed a lot of us for facebook we go on facebook now to check on groups maybe to check on a show like this if you're checking in to see if we're broadcasting but i think people have greatly i'm not saying we abandoned facebook altogether but i think if you would compare your time hours per day on facebook now compared to three years ago it's down 92%. Oh, yeah. It's way down. And during those times, the peak Facebook, and even before that, the peak MySpace page. So for old fucks like us, we can say there's a good 20 years where all we did was go on MySpace, Facebook, and rarely went to old school web pages, right? I mean, every once in a while, if you're researching something, but um, unless it's a news page, you very rarely went on a casual day. You know, you may go to two or three legitimate websites, but the rest of your time is spent on these social media pages. But especially now with all the censoring, especially when it comes to, you know, content, whether it's YouTube or podcasts and this and that, 
it's super important for you guys to get familiar with your favorite site, your favorite toolbar and using uh, bookmarks and just start visiting your favorite content providers, legitimate websites, because as they more and more of them get kicked off of Facebook and YouTube and, you know, they're going to start posting their content directly to their websites. And um, if you think maybe these people aren't around anymore, there's a good chance they are. Um, I think two weeks ago when I went to the WWE, I posted, just posted a picture, no caption, nothing. Just posted a photo on my D-Train Facebook page. And someone said, wow, that's the first photo I've seen of you in a year. I thought you were off Facebook. No, it's just whenever I promote our shows, they don't share it with anybody. And since I'm not posting selfies all the time and I can't post anything else because it's all copyrighted content, Facebook don't share it. So the fact that they don't share our content. because oh, yeah, they want to make money off of you, right? Yeah, so the fact that they don't share our content that we post that would lead people, let people know that our shit's out, it's very important. So, you know, if you guys haven't done so, head over to d-410.com. Put that in your favorites. Head over to what'sinyourhead.com. Put that in your favorites. Failed to failed. What's the scuttle? Put, put all that stuff in your favorites. On, uh, that way you always can just go and check to see if our content's out there because... You may not know we're here because Facebook don't want you to know unless we pay them $10 and that $10 only buys 60 views. So, uh, it's, it's just crazy. And I've been finding myself been going more and more, you know, people's actual, you know, back in the day you wanted to like those clips I pulled off of Corolla and Joe Rogan back in the day, you would just went straight to their YouTube channel or their Facebook page. I actually had to go direct, directly to their websites. Well, actually in the case of Joe Rogan had to go to Spotify because they have exclusive access to his content because they pay him a million dollars. But either way, um, it's just it's just interesting to see how things are almost going back or slowly starting to be forced to go back to the older school ways, at least if you're uh, looking for content that's considered null and void nowadays because it's not well conducive to well, the Well, and thinking. interesting news, because of the 2020 census, it looks like California is losing a seat in the House and it's probably going to go Republican because it's going to go to Texas gained two. Uh, Ohio lost one. Man, they, there's basically seven seats that could go Republican easily. Well, why do you think they're trying to make Washington, D.C. the 51st state? Yeah, and I tell you what, one of the things that is uh, positive to hear is there's actually a lot of de- a growing number of Democrats pushing back against uh, loading the courts, too. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, speaking of the courts, um, how this goes will be a very good um, – indictment or a preview into the possibility of um, how the Supreme Court will favor um, Joe Biden's proposed gun laws. Washington, D.C., the Supreme Court said Monday it will consider low, I'm sorry, consider how much protection the Second Amendment provides for carrying a gun outside the home. The case is the first time in more than a decade the courts had agreed to take up a central issue of the gun rights debate, something it has uh, considered considerably ducked since uh, issuing the landmark rule, uh, ruling in the District of Columbia versus Heller in 2008 that the Second Amendment provides an um, individual right to keep the handgun at home for self-defense. The court agreed to hear the challenge to a New York state law that allows residents to carry a concealed handgun only if they demonstrate a sp- uh, special need beyond the general desire of self-protection. The law makes it Virtually impossible for an ordinary law-abiding citizen to get a necessary license, uh, Paul Clement, a lawyer representing the challenger, said. So basically, right now in New York, the only way you can get a concealed carry permit is like if you work security, you're you know you're working something that's puts you in a special realm, 
Like a judge or a, a member of Congress or in the government. One of the people he represents said he wanted to carry a gun in the response to the string of robberies in his neighborhood. Another, Brendan, also cited a desire to carry for his protection. Both men said they have completed gun safety courses but were turned down when they applied for permits. They joined the lawsuit challenging the law brought by the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. New York bans carrying handguns openly. I can kind of see that, especially in New York City. Uh, the state law says anyone seeking to license and carry a concealed weapon must demonstrate, quote, a special need for self-protection, i.e. a politician, a celebrity, uh, distinguished Bodyguard. from that of general community for the purposes engaged in the same profession. So it'll be interesting to see that if uh, the Supreme Court tells New York that they're being unconstitutional, and says that the everyday Joe Schmo can apply for concealed carry permit like we do here in Florida and other states, then that might be a nice glimpse to how they feel about when, if Biden tries to force some insane nonsense down our throat. So here's the hope and that turns the way we want it to. Damn dog, $260 because she can't leave the goddamn cats alone. Just, just leave them alone. I understand you want to play, but I just, just leave them alone. It's just, it's insane. I, I pay for insurance on mine. You know how uh, we've said on this podcast multiple times that uh, the reason Democrats go after, um, well, I should say the left now go after eighteen to twenty-five year olds because they're easily brainwashed and they haven't had enough life experience to yeah. uh, solidify their idealisms and they're easily provoked. Mm-hmm. Mark it on your calendars. Write it down. It's not very often that Bill Maher and I share the same sentiments, and it kind of goes to show you which way our country's going when uh, people like Bill Maher and the rest of us are starting to speak the same language when we're looking at the insane ideas of Generation Z. You know the reason why advertisers in this country love the 18 to 34 demographic? Because it's the most gullible. Yeah. A third of people under 35 say they're in favor of abolishing the police. Not defunding, but doing away with a police force altogether, which is less of a policy position and more of a leg tattoo. 36% of millennials think it might be a good idea to try communism. But much of the world did try it. I know millennials think that doesn't count because they weren't alive when it happened. But it did happen. And there are people around who remember it. Pining for communism is like pining for Betamax or MySpace. So when you say, you're old, you don't get it. Get what? Abolish the police and the border patrol and capitalism and cancel Lincoln? No, I get it. The problem isn't that I don't get what you're saying or that I'm old. The problem is that your ideas are stupid. If you say, let's eat in the bathroom and shit in the kitchen, yeah, that's a new idea. <laughs> but I wouldn't call it interior design. When's the last time Bill Maher has said more than three lines that you agreed with? Actually, topic. believe it or not, more, more and more, more. Even, even during this last election cycle, um, he's he is good at calling out actually both both extremes on both sides. Well, and, and, and uh, you know, and that's just it. You know, you're old and you don't get it. No, I am old. I was your age once and I have wisened up. It's called that's how wisdom wisdom comes with age. It doesn't come with naive, being naive, which is truly what they are. 
He's 22, no, 23, 24 now. I had an epiphany when... Would you trust anything you said at that age? No. I'm so (laughs) glad I didn't get a tattoo at that age. I would have the ugliest fucking tattoos right now. Um, But I had an epiphany back when Carrie's brother, who's like 23 now, is 13, maybe 15. And um, we were giving them a hard time because they refused to... They had to be 15 or 16 because they didn't want to get a job because they didn't want to work at fast food. And uh, we were trying to talk some sense into him. And I said, look, and I had epiphany. And, I, and I've said this on a podcast too, but this is where the original idea came from. I said, it just came out of me one night. And I said, you know what, I said, you know what, Matt? You know what the biggest practical joke God has ever played on man? The fact that no matter how old you are, whether you're 13 and someone else is 19, you're 25 and someone's 30, you're 40 and someone else is 70, no matter how old you are, when someone else who's older than you tells you, hey, don't do that. It's not going to turn out the way you've planned. I've been there. I've already done it. It's going to blow up in your face. You always think they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're too damn old. You're young. You're hip. And you know it all. That is the biggest practical joke God has ever played on man. And it's true. It doesn't matter the age. You see it all the time. You'll see a 30-year-old being told by a 50-year-old who's far more successful. Man, you don't know what you're talking about. It's just like... Like people who just learn something and all of a sudden they deem themselves an instant expert. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, God damn, it's it's nuts. Um, and uh, I have a bunch of places I want to go with it, but I, I can't wrangle my thoughts close enough together right now to, to say something cognizant. But it's just... Um, can't get your ducks in a row? Yeah, squirrels. That's what they are right now. And it's, that's... And back to what Bill Maher was saying, that is why there is a group of, and I meant to bring this up last week when Michael was on because it was an extension to their question about should we change the adult age to 16. Um, No. God, no. Yeah, well, there are a group of leftists who are trying to pass 16-year-old voting ages because why? Back to like we said last week, there is a natural inclination to rebel against the the man, man. And so, and where do those rebellions tend to go? They listen to comedians, actors, and musicians, and they tend to go left. And that's people who are running on emotion, strictly emotion. And once again, this is an attack on the Democrats because you know goddamn well if there was if there was information that said, hey, you know, most sixteen-year-olds tend to lean right. The Republicans would be like, hey, maybe we should get sixteen-year-olds to vote. And Democrats would be like, fuck you. So they're both guilty of it. But one hundred percent, it's just that's why there are people out there who are trying to get sixteen-year-old voting rights. I'm starting to think that eighteen is a little too young. I'm beginning to. F- it may sound familiar, but I'm beginning to feel like I'm politically homeless. Yeah, maybe we're not though. And the fact that Bill Maher and us are sitting under the same tent now. I guess when both ends start to get a little extremist, everybody else gets pushed into the center, and we're all starting to 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 think the same way. I don't know. You're all old. You don't get it. You're old. I'm not old. old. What do you know? You know, you guys say that it's just not enough money to live, and you know, being young sucks because you're poor. But I remember a day when I was broke. We'd all pile a bunch of people in one house just to make it fucking work. Isn't that the natural order of things, though? Yeah, it pushes you to want to do better. I mean... How do I do better if I can't afford to do better? How about try construction out? Try the trades. They'll pay for your education, usually. You know? You may like it. Oh, well, then I may have to get dirty. How many children of celebrities... And I I had a thought on this today. You know how the woke crowd always calls for... uh, 
you know, pe- things are racist and this and that. Air's racist um, now, by the way. Well, hold on, hold on. I'm going to flip the script a little bit. A lot of the woke crowd are not ones who are willing to dirty themselves because they deem it below them. So therefore, you may be racist thinking that only immigrants can work these jobs. Just thinking. Yep. No, and like I said, it's kind of the natural order of things. I mean, how many times have we seen the stories of children of well-off, we're talking like third-generation wealth, these kids who are just born with the silver buffet in their mouth who Dude, by the time I they're 18 a major ski resort for almost 10 years i've seen these shit bags we called them trustafarians they'd come in they thought they knew everything all they would do is just drink and party and blow their parents money and end up with a heroin addiction from time to 24 end up with some or an alcoholic at least you know and it, it's just insane and i'm not saying that poor kids don't do the same thing but what i'm saying is there's a natural order of things just like you know, you don't have anything. You know, your parents provide stuff for you. Hopefully you're not living in a squalor when you're with your parents, but your parents provide enough for you. They're supposed to provide you with an education, both street and books. And then you jump out of the nest and you fall to the ground and you're broke as fuck. You're working shitty jobs. You're working, driving shitty cars. Just like the kids who get a brand new car when they're 16, they don't take care of that car. When you, when you take two kids, one's 16, gets a brand new car. The other one's 16. By the time he's 17, he's saved up. To, or, you know, he's been back in the day. You'd hear about kids mowing lawn when they're 12. So by the time they're 16, they have money for a car. And they buy that used car. And they treat that used car like it's the most pristine piece of fucking automobile in the world. Even though it's a clunker. But the kid who gets the brand new car has trash and cigarette butts. And they just, when you get shit handed to you for free, you don't take care of it. When you... When you go out and work for it, even if it's the biggest piece of shit, that's your piece of shit because you paid for it. And there's some self, you know, satisfaction there. And and whether it's cars or anything else. And so if you don't struggle, you know, I told my daughter, I didn't have my first brand new car, brand new off the lot car until I was 33. Yeah. And it's kind of fair. <laughs> Well, no, I did have an S10, but that was 16. I was we can, and, you, and you beat the shit out of it. I mean, I did pay for it. I was making the 100 Yeah, but payment. You know how much my payments were on that brand new, by the way? $99. $151 a month. Yep. And not bad. But, and you, and we came from a, a long line of shitty cars in our family. I mean, because even dad, he didn't start getting nicer cars until he was in his 40s. I mean, the first brand new car I can think he had was a Hyundai hyundai accent when we moved to ohio this is going to be before your time of memory but he did have a brand new chevy malibu in the 70s but that thing was a lemon yeah it was a pile of poo poo but my point is everybody outer blue too most people they got to work their way up from the bottom and then they can respect and enjoy what they have take pride i've heard it i've heard it on the job sites when i was out there you know back in like 2000 11 2012 maybe even earlier actually 2008 well Gordon, you don't know what it's like to be poor and i'm like dude i sold plasma twice a week for over a year i was so fucking broke uh, i've still got the scar and you know what i looked down at that thing i'm glad i've got it because i'm like i've come a long ways i was actually talking about that today i was um i had somebody in my car who's from ohio and we got in the topic and they're like yeah i live on the east side of ohio and it basically somehow we got in a conversation that um when I was 18, I lived on the hilltop and how you lived in the bottoms. I mean, when it comes to Columbus, you there's maybe one 
one and a half step lower than living on the hilltop in the bottoms? Yeah, I got it. I got it. It's where I lived on Columbus uh, or Ohio State University in an efficiency apartment right above an Ethiopian restaurant. Mm-hmm. And my place smelled like curry 24 hours a day. Yep. Not a roach in the house. No <laughs> bugs. And so I mean, and, and I told him, I said, there's actually the guy who filmed the movie, uh, the documentary Super Size Me, where he ate McDonald's for mm-hmm. 30 days straight. He started a show on. Um, some He's cable from Columbus, st- isn't he? No, he started a show on a cable station called 30 Days where they would train, like, one of the cool things, they sent some computer programmers over to India to work in a call center for 30 days and mm-hmm. to see, like, how poor they were. And those guys, like, you know what? They need those jobs. I was pissed off about outsourcing, but they need more than we do. And, of course, the people in India refused to believe, and this is back in the early 2000s, they refused to believe that the jobs were being outsourced because they were cheap labor. They were convinced they were just smarter than we were. <laughs> But on the, f- the reason I'm bringing it up is the very first pilot episode, when he was selling the idea, him and his wife went to Columbus, and the idea was we're going to move to Columbus, live for 30 days, we're only going to have $200 in our pocket, and we have to get a minimum wage job to see how hard it is to live for 30 days off minimum wage. And where did they go to get an affordable house or a place to stay? They went to the bottom. Probably right down by Dodge Skate Park. They were No, they were in the bottoms, down at the bottom of the hill off of West Broad Street. And he got a job working, I think at first, he, he got a job working somewhere doing like carpentry that he'd never done. He ended up smashing his thumb. He had to get a Mount Carmel West because his thumb was all infected and everything else. But, yep, it's like, yep, yeah, I'm very familiar with that place. And so, Well, and that's the biggest divide right now. And the biggest problem is, especially with social media, is we, we don't sit down and talk with each other and i'm welcoming anybody to hop on this show with us and and actually have a lively debate where we don't mother f each other but we we can listen and we can talk about some of these issues so if you disagree please uh please call in and and don what's that number you caught me off guard but do you think they even have debate classes in school anymore i gotta pull up the program here hold on uh i think it would be one extreme version of the same political leanings arguing with a less extreme version of said political leaning well they used to assign you the topic of your debate um so that you know you didn't have a choice so that they would get they um, keep it down to 145 uh, words yeah characters letters i don't know did twitter go longer than that now yeah they extended a while back um but i can't i can't remember exactly what the um the character limit is for some reason I'm signed out of the program. So now I got, we'll, we'll shoot out the phone number next week. Anyhow, cause we're already three quarters away into this show. Absolutely. And, uh, we're just about time for news. Anyhow, actually, yeah, we're, we're pushing, we're damn near at 60 minutes in right now. Anyhow. And yeah. so, uh, we're going to get and kick off of the news. Joining us now from the digital 410 West news desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? I am doing all right, as we know. So check this out. Lincoln, Nebraska. Hundreds of guys show up for a fight over the name Josh. Yeah, I heard about this this week, and apparently this has been going on quite a while. And someone started a social media campaign where they're going to have the War of Joshes, and only the winner shall keep the name. So this fight over the name Josh drew a crowd from around the country to a Nebraska park on Saturday for a heated 
brawl. But what was the brawl? What were they using? Well, from what I understand, first and foremost, their original place they chose was this place called Josh Lane or Joshua Park, but it turned out to be on private land, so they had to re- relocate. But well, wasn't it were... like a LARPing contest? I've seen a photo, like have like foam bats or some shit. Cool noodles. They were beating with themselves. or without a broomstick in the hole. That's a good question. Because I put a broomstick in that son bitch. Well, check this out. So this started about a year ago when the pandemic boredom set in, and one Josh Swain, a 22-year-old college student from Tucson, Arizona, messaged others who shared his same name on social media and challenged him to a duel. I demand satisfaction. Yeah, I don't know if you have to have the white gloves or not. So hundreds showed Why up. Why they got to be white? The Racist. gloves. Remember the old, whatever. Yeah, because they have to. The hundreds showed up. How many other Josh's do you know out there? Uh, hundreds. It is like the calling card of the white boy. Now, if you lose, do you get to keep the name Josiah? That's a good question. Hundreds uh, showed up at Air Park in Lincoln, Nebraska, which was a location a location that was chosen at random. I don't know if that's some kind of Google location random generator. No, I think it was the closest part to the original destination, which was Joshua Land or something like that, and they couldn't get because it was private property. Well, check this out. This festival started out with a grueling and righteous battle of rock, paper, scissors, so they had a little Rochambeau action going on. Good on you for knowing the original name for that. You know how many people I've come across in my 44 years on the Big Blue Marble, and they not know that it's called Rochambeau? It's kind of like Indian style. What is it called now? Yoga set? Crisscross applesauce. Lame. Yeah, pretty lame. I mean, I get you don't want to call it uh, Indian style, but... I had to censor myself on TikTok when I was explain how we used to play a game called smear the oops i can't say that word anymore so uh the festivities as we said between josh swain of arizona and another josh swain so there's two josh swains and the arizona student did win the competition allowing him to claim title of the true josh swain and then the noodle competition commenced Uh, and it was open to anybody with the first name josh victor of the competition was a four-year-old boy well, I was going to ask how many, jo- I knew it was a four-year-old boy, but how many Joshes actually participated and how long did this contest last? Uh, they said hundreds. <sighs> was it round robin? Boy, but, but um, you know, I saw a video of it and it just looked an effing free-for-all. So basically they all just went out in the field and went at it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, remember the old pillow fights we used to have I used to knock you silly with? Yeah. I, I Then we went as far as... <laughs> Now we can't say each other? we can't say that uh, video games don't influence young lads because when this game called Skate or Die came out, they had like this jousting on it. So we took the stuffed animals off of our, the heads off of our stuffed animals, and you had some paracord that you got the PX at the Rickenbacker Air Force Base, and we made maces out of stuffed animal heads, and we went out to the straightaways back by the hospital and we would go out in the hot Ohio sun and skateboard towards each other as we swung our maces made from stuffed animal heads and knocked each other off our skateboards. But it made us tougher. Yes, it did. 100%. So the crown that, uh, that this boy was coronated with was, well, a Burger King crown. That's so, lame. Know, how better way do it? So, so Swain said he was organized without uh, or surprised with how this whole thing blew up. And, uh, it sounds like it was a good time. And you know damn well he's incorporating because he's going to get sponsors. And this is going to turn into a money-making event every year. But oh, then 
with Generation Z about that's not fair. Your name has to be Josh. It needs to be more inclusive. Why can't I participate? I identify as a Josh. This is going to come in surprising. What state is the most dangerous for pedestrians? Um, The state of Florida because Cape Coral is the ninth most dangerous city in the entire state when it comes to pedestrians. Absolutely. Florida remains the most dangerous state following, followed by New York City, Alabama, New Mexico, Mississippi, and Delaware. And you say, well, Don. Which is odd because I thought I thought we were up there because it seems like people are getting run over every freaking day out here. You say, well, Don, how can Cape Coral possibly be the ninth most dangerous city when it comes to pedestrians in this entire nation? Well, that's simple. See, we're an underdeveloped city, and we like to spend our, our uh, beautification revenue on palm trees to the fact where we'll replant the same palm tree on the same medium on the same fucking thoroughfare every single year. But we don't have money allocated to build sidewalks. And so like where I live, not only are there no sidewalks, there's no street lamps. And so when the kids, due to school choice and they have the ability to go to whatever school they want, elementary school kids, some cases, start sitting out at the bus stops at 5 a.m. And seeing how there's no sidewalks and they don't want to sit up to their ass and fire ants. And then there's no street lamps. They got to sit on the corner of the street. To which then they get ran over by people who are looking at their fucking cell phones. So that is how we are the ninth most dangerous city in the entire world, or sorry, country, when it comes to pedestrians because we don't have sidewalks. You'll see poor moms walking down roads with their strollers on the edge of the road because there's nowhere for them to walk. Three years ago, right down the street from my house, a young elementary school kid on his way to school got ran over by a Lee County Sheriff on his bike. Not the sheriff wasn't on his bike. The sheriff was on his cruiser. But because there was no street lamps and the kid rode across the two-lane road heading to school, got ran over by a sheriff. It's fucking insane. You got arts and crafts going on? What's going on, bud? I'm making stickers for that poor gentleman from last week that I said his stickers were on his way. I cut them up, but I didn't He's multitasking on the air. I multitask all the time or I get nothing done. So check it out. Florida has, between the year, uh, two years 2010 and 2019, Florida has had 5,893 pedestrian fatalities, which is an average annual pedestrian fatality. That is kind of a hard one to say together, of 2.8 per 100,000 people. And how many of them are under the age of 18? They don't list that, but they say, I can say that we aren't making enough progress, especially since we've had 22 pedestrian and bicycle fatalities in 2020 over there in Lee County. Yep. According to one Dan Moser, a local bicycle safety advocate and founder, founding member of Bike Walk Lee, a Lee County safe roads advocacy organization. Although our efforts are to create complete streets via policy at beginning to improve our infrastructure, we're still building roads, highways that induce speed. Until we get this under control, Lee County will continue to have a high percentage of non-motorist traffic, uh, crash, injuries, and fatalities. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's get it together. Kate Does Paul. that make me more hardcore of a runner that I run the streets of the ninth most dangerous city in the entire nation? I do look like an asshole, but I I have these little um, LED lights that you're supposed to put on the um, air valves of your kids bicycles so then when they're right down the street the light flashes and i have them taped to the utility belt that i put around my waist that my cell phone's in so that when i'm running i have lights flashing on me so fucking people don't run me over 
and I even have them taped to Bebop's action vest. So if you ever see a video of Bebop and her action vest and you see these little green lights, that's why. So if we ever go walking at dusk, people don't run her over. Well, there was a there was a murder. I'm not here in Vegas. Imagine that. It's not the Vegas I know. Yeah, well, you know, I know you don't want to come out here anytime soon. But at least we don't get fire ants. Uh, in Las it's Vegas, not a man, case of don't Andrew, want to. You know, I just going off of a lesson I learned on TikTok video recently. A uh, oh. Las Vegas man named Andrew Colbert was reportedly very intoxicated after drinking not one but two bottles of wine. Lightweight. He decided to, to stab a stranger on April 16th outside of a 7-Eleven located near Spring Mountain and Jones Boulevard. Pussy. According, can't to handle two report, bottles of wine. Ain't a man. Well, he handled enough to kill somebody. According to the arrest report, you know, because those knives aren't dangerous. They don't deserve to be shot. According to arrest report, a man and woman were outside the convenience store when COVID arrived asking and asked the man, what do you want? So he, he was three sheets of the wind, walked up and started some shit. The man believed COVID was offering to buy him food. So this guy may have been homeless. As the two men were talking, or another fat. man arrived. And Colbert decided that, you know, I'm going to act very aggressive to him without any cause. Colbert retrieved his Taser-style baton from inside his vehicle and started chasing the other man around the parking lot. I'm going to get you some bitch. The other man was able to escape. I'm going to stop right there. There is an elder, older gentleman that walks around my area with a vest on and a baton every weekend morning. Can we take um, a quick break and you can tell a story about the homeless guy who tries to sell you a lamp on OSU campus? <laughs> Would you like to buy a couch? You want to buy a lamp? Nah, I don't even remember that one. <laughs> so Cobit began arguing with the first man when a brief scuffle ensued. Cobit then went into his vehicle and retrieved a knife. So not only was a baton not good enough, he decided to go grab a knife and began to slash at the man in a, in a very aggressive manner, as one would do when they're trying to stab somebody. or. Cut of them. course, because if you have a bat, you're simply bludgeoning. But when you have a knife, then you're stabbing. Colbert allegedly tried to stab him repeatedly in the stomach and neck. You're not trying to kill him at all. The woman and the man ran inside the 7-Eleven, asked the clerk to call the police. Colbert then was gone by the time the police arrived. The victim, who had been stabbed twice, was transported to a local hospital and was identified. Was able to identify. So the guy didn't die, but he did get stabbed. Wait a second. Self-defense. Anywho, Florida uh, needless to say, this guy finally, Colbert did finally get uh, get arrested. They found him because you know there's no cameras anywhere. That's another thing. Why are you even gonna try shit? There's cameras everywhere. They don't care. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's that, and that is really kind of all I have for the news today. That's all we have for the news today. This concludes the evening news, and now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. This episode of the What's in Your Head podcast, which is very good because I'm looking at a What's the Scuttlebutt sticker, and I didn't even mess that up. This episode of the What's in Your Head podcast is brought to you by our friends at ACT Computers. ACT Computers has been providing IT solutions for all Southwest Florida since 2004, so give them a call at 239-283-1120, and they can even help you out. Even if you don't live in Southwest Florida, they can remote into your computer with your permission from their website. So give them a call at 239-283-1120 or hit them up on their Facebook page or even email them through their website. That's act-capecoral.com. And while you're over at act-capecoral.com, go ahead and put that in your favorites as we previously spoke about. But then go over to d-410.com or What's Your Head podcast, whatsyourhead.com, and uh, sign up for the Patreon page and help support the podcast that way as well. Buy yourself some T-shirts. 
And as we said before, go ahead and put those in your favorites. And by the way, kind of the same route, um, if you are someone who listens to us via Facebook or YouTube, not that we're going anywhere or planning on to, but you can, in fact, download our podcast through all the major podcast apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, which you can watch on your uh, fancy smart TVs and all that good stuff. So if you're listening to us through Facebook and YouTube, please also head over to your favorite podcast app and listen to us in your car while you're driving into traffic going insane, especially if you're here in Cape Coral driving down Del Prado Boulevard because heaven forbid we can go one day without three accidents on the same fucking road. Gordon, you got anything before we uh, sign off for tonight? Uh, be good to each other. Don't be insane. In the um, membrane. We will see you next time. And if you want to watch me cut apart some more stickers on the next episode of the What's Your Head podcast, simply send us an email over to info at d-410.com with your address, and we will send you a sticker pack that I may or may not cut apart while doing a show live on Facebook and YouTube Live. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We will see you all next week. And I'm here trying to do this, but I got the wrong soundboard up. I'm trying to find the thing where Nugget says, huh, this is the Digital 410 production. This sucks. This is horrible. That whole cute thing, and I'm trying to find it. And there it is right there. This has been a Digital 410 production. <laughs>